1: This is Diamond Bets. My name is Matt. His name is Joe. This is a show about baseball, but it's more than that. See, my buddy Joe, he's a creative guy. He's an author. He's a thinker. And he's come up with a different way to look at your love of sports or really anything and try to find a relative value. Try to pull money out of it. That's what we're going to do. If you're a season long fantasy player, DFS, you just like betting on baseball, but you just like to change your mind's concept on how you look at things overall, this is the place. Joe, you are the man. Let's dive into that big, beautiful, bald brain. Mm. What do
2: you got? Yeah. The brain is bald. Well, so I don't know if the brain, brain is bald. <laughs> <And> the head <laughs> is bald. But I, I always picture my brain to have long, flowing hair, you know, very uh, luxurious and Fabio-esque. Christopher Lloyd-esque. That, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was saying <laughs> I Fabio. I went Christopher yeah, I Lloyd, you went Fabio. Fabio. <laughs> that, was the, yeah, that was the obvious next pivot uh, after that. But it's great to see you this morning. As always, you can tell this is Diamond Bets because... This is the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we do. We've been doing it for years now. We uh, we goof around on each other. We talk some sports, and it's a good time. I mean, really, I don't know what other people would want to be doing uh, at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, but you're here with us, and we appreciate you. And, of course, we are done with the All-Star break. We are done with the first half of the season. We're actually past... The first half of the season, I know that irks a lot of people. When people say, "Well, now we're in the second half," well, he's actually played about uh, ninety games already. Just so you know, we get it. We know it's 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 just being general. Relax, it's fine. Everything's gonna be okay. Let's talk about the All Star Game in the break, though, because Juan Soto, my pick for home run derby, won the home run derby. Yes, that's right. Made some money on that. That was a nice piece of coin. Julio Rodriguez was the other guy we were talking about as a fascinating long shot. To get there, well, he was pretty good. He hit what 83 home runs or something absurd like that 81 home runs in that derby. He was spectacular. The guys put on a show, but we told you last weekend this is a competition for the young guys because it is a competition about stamina. Uh, we also had the American League winning, no surprise, weighed the under there in the all star game this week. A 3 2 victory for the American League. Giancarlo Stanton with the big blast that won him the MVP. So, congratulations to Stanton. Nice story, too. I know, Maddie loves a good narrative himself you know the kid who grew up in southern california going to the games and now he's all-star mvp great trophy by the way i just want to say i would pay a lot of money to watch Giancarlo stanton hit a baseball with that trophy what about you matt would you would you pay like 50 bucks just to see that because i would
1: Sure, depending on how I was doing, if I had a good week, absolutely. And I just like the way you say his name. Most people say Giancarlo, hard, hard. But you from Brooklyn, but the finer things, Giancarlo. It was very nice. Continue on, man. Uh, I think that (laughs) seeing that the way the home run derby broke down at the end, the health of the game is good. Two of those young kids watching, even if you're flipping Mm -hmm. through the channels, I think that's something where you stop and you put the, the remote down. And then if you want to know more, you dive into the stories. yeah, I think the health of the game was on display and it looked good to me. What about you?
2: Oh, it looked great. Um, But I tell you, that time element really changes this home run derby game. And you've seen it in the last couple of years evolve. And that's why I thought Julio was a fascinating long shot. But that's the problem. You know, the guys who come out like gangbusters by the, you have to pace yourself. And Juan Soto had the experience and the youth that was on his side. That made him the easy pick. I think it was at six to one when we grabbed it before it went to five in some places. So Hopefully you listen to us and you got here on diamond bets. If not, don't worry, don't worry. There's still plenty of time for us to win you some money. Uh, Jordan Alvarez or your Don Alvarez, which by the way, <laughs> it's Jordan Alvarez. If you ask Jordan Alvarez, so just, just want to tell you, for those of you who like to listen and correct me about it. Uh, he was activated off the IL and hit a home run promptly against the Yankees. The blue Jays dropped 28 runs on the red Sox on uh, Friday night. That was, whew, that was a spectacular sight to behold, including an in the park, grand slam by Ramiel Tapia and a bad job by uh, Duran, the outfielder. there, just not hustling after the ball, after he lost in lights to me, that is the offense. And that was a big signal that the Red Sox, it might be time to stick the fork in the Red Sox and be done with them. Matt, I'm a little concerned between the Chris sale injury and the effort level that maybe just maybe the Red Sox are going to go south here for the rest of the season. Aaron judge, of course, picking up where he left off, uh, hitting home runs everywhere, uh, and having a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of hits as well yesterday, but uh, let's talk about that because, you know, I feel like the Aaron judge narrative is getting pumped back a little bit, but then Shohei Otani goes out there and, you know, is throwing a hundred miles an hour again. And I, I don't know. I mean, you know what this Mike trout news trout's going to be out for a while. It's going to be the Shohei Otani show. Just like last year. I know the angels are a bad team. The Yankees are a good one, but here we are again. I, I just keep coming back to the same thing. Do you think that the Aaron judge narrative is going to pump itself back up here? Like one of those old sneakers we used to wear in the nineties? If you pump it up too much, you know what happens, right? You saw those Mm. videos and it pops and all the powder comes
1: out. Here's the thing, though, you know, what other narrative is there? Who will emerge? Which team will capture the hearts and the minds, finger air quotes, of most importantly the writers? In this case, if you want to talk MVP, but just from an overall perspective, when you look at it right now, what's the hot story? What's the hot club in town? The hot club in town is Aaron Judge. <laughs> but you know what no. I mean? Oh, you just on said, did one balls. of those.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: can you, can God, you please? That was so good. When we come back, and to our radio audience that's just joining us, this is Diamond Bets. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to talk about what's trending. We're sitting. We're talking with Joe PZP. You can check him out. You can Google him. He's a he's a great mind and he's a fun guy. But maybe when we come back, I can I can pull some Stefan handicapping. Maybe the AL MVP field or something.
2: The hot MVP candidate is. So I look forward to it, Joe. I really do. <laughs> this show's got everything. It's got over unders. It's got pine tar rags. It's got everything. We're Diamond Bets, ladies and gentlemen. We come back. We're going to talk about what's trending in Major League Baseball. I can't believe you dropped a Stephon on me. We come back. I will recover from that and we'll talk about those trends right here on SportsGrid. This is Diamond Bets
1: All right, welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets. We're having a good time, whether or not anyone at all is aware of the things that are going on under the table. My name's Matt, his name's Joe. Don't think too much into that statement. Diamond Bets is a show about baseball, (laughs) but more importantly, uh, pulling the fun and the love of money, let's not lie, out of our enjoyment of a sport. Whether you're in a season-long fantasy league and a lot of people are sweating the dog days of August that way, maybe play DFS, maybe just bet on baseball this is the place for you. Joe's an author, he's a great creative man, he's also funny too. But I think at the end of the day, it's important to fade the noise, right? So there's so many things that are trending out there. We're all prisoners of the Mm -hmm. moment, as you say, Joe. How do we kinda navigate what's out there to focus on what really matters, especially at these points, this point in the season, for all those types of wagering opportunities?
2: Well, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. Uh, And it's staying the course because baseball has these ebbs and flows, like these high points and low points. And, you know, so there's going, well, it's all anybody wants to talk about something goes poorly. It's all anybody wants to talk about. Uh, but you know, I think it's also important to stay the course with what you think, like coming into this season, we were very strong. It was 25 to one, 25 to one. Imagine that now that I'm saying that to everybody for Justin Verlander to win the Cy Young. And now again, he is right there, neck and neck with Shane McClanahan as the favorite and Shane McClanahan's had great stats. And he's, you know, very exciting. And everybody's talking about him in the baseball community, but at the end of the day, I still feel like Justin Verlander, it's his award to lose and we've doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on it. And I'm telling you from firsthand from my wallet, I've done that. And I'm telling everybody to do the same because I feel like, you know, some things you have to kind of put the noise away and you have to kind of see the, the end of the tunnel a little bit more. And people just want to look hyper-focused sometimes. And and it's hard because the American league MVP race, every night, Aaron judge, seems like he's hitting home run, but then every night Shohei Otani is doing something historic. So I keep going back to the historic stuff. So let's take a look at this from earlier this week. So Shohei Otani has thrown more 100 mile an hour pitches than any other American league starter this season. Let that sink in. So in terms of arm strength, in terms of stuff, as they like to call it, he's got the stuff. He's also one of only eight batters to hit more balls with uh, exit velocities of hundred plus miles an hour. So basically, he's hitting the ball harder than anybody else in baseball, pretty much. And he's also throwing the ball harder in baseball than in anybody else. And I think that that matters at the end of the day. Uh, I understand that the Angels are not a competitive baseball team. If you look at Shohei Otani as a pitcher, he has Cy Young candidate statistics. He's not just some guy going out there every fifth day. Just for perspective, Shohei Otani, he's 9-5 and five on the year in 16 starts. In 93 innings, Matt, he has 134 strikeouts. That is an absurd strikeout rate. He's got a 1.00 whip and a 2.8 ERA. He is a Cy Young worthy pitcher. Probably not going to win the Cy Young, but a Cy Young worthy pitcher. And statistically speaking, when you look at the player himself in terms of offense, the guy is outstanding there as well. And, and I think that at a certain point we have to, you have to, understand that as great as is, just like as great as Vlad Guerrero was last year, it's really hard for anybody to take that vote that they have for American league MVP and put it on a guy that's not named Shohei Otani at the end of the day, to me, it's Shohei Otani's to lose. All he has to do is continue just something close to this pace because offensively and from a pitching standpoint, the guy is elite. And even though Aaron judge has been elite this year, hitting the baseball, He's not throwing the baseball. He's not pitching every fifth day. And in terms of value to your team, whether you're a good team or bad, to me, there's nothing more valuable you can ask for in Major League Baseball. And it's not fair. And voters eventually will get bored with this. And there tends to be a window of time where voters get infatuated with a player. And we're in the Shohei Otani window, I'm pretty sure. It's just, I guess the question is, Matt, can the New York narrative of Aaron Judge and the very publicness of Aaron Judge be enough to overtake him? I don't think it can. But what do you think do you think that new york media machine is going to make a run at it here
1: so it's the public perception of aaron judge and the majesty of the new york yankees against the shadow cast by the unique things that shohei otani can do and talk to vlad guerrero about how big and cold that shadow could Really be because last season people ignored what everyone else did because of what Otani was doing. Well, mm. you have to because again, it's going to happen this season. So, I'll give you a few things with regards to the American League MVP race and try and handicap it. Shohei Otani does two things better than anyone else on the planet, and therefore, he is most valuable. I think there's a light that really shines on how poorly the Angels have played and responded, especially against their expectations. I think it actually works in Otani's favor. There's a sympathy factor. But to the writers that have votes and they want to be contrarian, when, not if, Aaron Judge hits his 61st home run this season, someone somewhere will have a very valid argument as to why he deserves the votes and he deserves the acknowledgement for the MVP. And last but not least, poor Jose Ramirez, because if the Guardians, <laughs> uh, yes. if the Guardians get into the postseason, no one is going to talk about nor remember other than ardent fans like us what jose ramirez was able to do for this ball but from a wagering standpoint all of those things we know what's going on here and those are the things we have to think about as the season turns here but those are my thoughts on the al mvp situation joe
2: yeah i mean otani has 20 home runs and 10 steals too just want that out there i know he's hitting 260 Oh, oh my god you know 260 but I mean, if it's a terrible team, the Angels are a terrible baseball team. Speaking of terrible baseball teams, the Red Sox were terrible the other night. Oh my goodness. Things are not going well in Boston. Uh, and the Blue Jays have been piling on. And this is the Blue Jays team we've been waiting to see, right? The Blue Jay team that finally is having some fun. And finally, you know, maybe the managerial changes exactly what they need because the Blue Jays on Friday night scored 28 plus runs on the road, hit it inside the park grand slam, achieved a home run cycle. Uh, a solo home run a two-run home run a three-run home run and a grand slam had a player with six plus hits in a nine inning game that was laura's guriel and those four feats have never all occurred in a major league game in a season let alone by one team in one game so there you go so uh one team one game did all of this this was a, a crazy night And this is this is the amazing thing about baseball matt is that you can have game after game after game for a decade after decade and you could still have something happen that's never happened before on any given night and uh look on one side this was a great confidence boost i feel like for the blue jays this is a team that i think of all the teams that needed to come out guns a blazing so to speak in the second half here post all-star break whatever we want to call it it's the Blue Jays, and they have a lot to prove. This is good. It's also more important that they're proving it against the Red Sox, a team that they've beaten up pretty well this year. So what were your thoughts on this game, on the direction of these two teams right now as you see it?
1: Well, again, in hindsight, all anyone ever is going to look at is the final score, but the box score is actually really interesting in this game, and I made it a point to look at it to see where the wheels fell off. And uh, Boston was there up until I think uh, Toronto played in maybe seven I forget which inning it was in, Mm -hmm. and then here it goes, and it broke down. It speaks volumes to the Red Sox mindset. Now, I'm looking at this team, we're going to talk a little bit more about them because a lot of people are looking at the AL East and saying, who's going to come out of there as far as playoffs go? And we're trying to see. Numbers are starting to move, right? You're really losing a lot of the pluses and a lot of columns Mm -hmm. as there are fewer and fewer games left to play. But the Red Sox mindset, their mental temerity, their strength, what happens there? Because it seemed to me that after the seven was hung on them, or the big inning came, there were two of them in that game, that there was just this letdown. How does this team respond? Can this team find themselves in a situation again where a game is within reach and then in the next inning, boom, instead of seven, it's four innings, and now they're out of it. What does this do to overs? What does this do to in-game wagering? So I'm starting to watch the Red Sox from a neck-up mentality, if you will, as opposed to a neck-down, our guys' healthy mentality. But, yeah, it was fun to watch, and it was cool to see those numbers too, just a visual.
2: Mental temerity, also the name of Matt's uh, college rock band. A lot of people don't know that <laughs> they, they had some really good hit back in the, uh, in the early nineties, uh, by the way, Seattle Mariners finally lost their, uh, the streak. It came to an end uh, at the hands of the Houston Astros. And this is very important because now we're going to see who the Seattle Mariners really are when they start playing some teams like the Astros. I mean, that, that is the difference here and yeah. how they stack up. It's one thing to beat up on the Rangers a couple times. Are you gonna beat up on the Astros? So far the answer's been no to that. And I think that's something to keep an eye on. They are hanging on right now. They are the third team in that wild card race, so we shall see if they can continue to hang on. We come back, we're gonna look at a lot of win totals today, so stick around. We're gonna talk about the rays and more
1: What's up everybody, welcome in. This is Diamond Bets, Matt and Joe with you here. We're talking baseball, but moreover, we're talking about how to pull some money out of baseball. Even if you're just a casual fan, I'm telling you, you can like cover your grocery bill for the month or maybe even your car payment with just one or two of the right plays. A lot of season-long fantasy players here. Welcome, DFS players. We you know, we see you. You're still out here. Not all the Sharks have moved on to fantasy football, and of course, those that just bet on baseball. This is the place. Uh, talking to Joe Pizipi, he's the author and the brain behind the Black Book series, and what's great about Joe's way of thinking is he likes a consensus. He likes to take all the information out there in the information age and boil it down to one easy and digestible number or concept. So with that said i'm going to turn it over as we move between the lines joe what are we
2: talking about today my friend well since you said blackbook i mean look at the shameless promotion right behind my head i mean right there boom there it is oh it's glory <laughs> i mean go get your football black book get ready but you know what you can you could win some money on baseball even if you don't know a lot about it necessarily don't follow it Absolutely. very closely because some of it is just simple math at this point point. and win totals where the houses still have them And, uh, you know, to me, this is simple math and whether or not you see this team being able to hit this number in the final amount of games. And uh, these consensus lines that we have are over from BettingPros.com, which is where I work over fantasy pros. And that's great because this is the consensus. So you could find the plus and minus. Of these lines, and sometimes you can find the better versions of whatever you want to bet if you like a number at whatever the best betting house might be that has these. And that to me is an invaluable source. So check that out by the time you get there. Again, more shameless plugs. I don't know. But what I like about the consensus number is at least it gives you something to go off where if you feel good about the consensus number, then you could say, okay, where can I find that little bit of edge? And I think that's what we're all trying to do. That's what Matt's talking about here. So let's talk about the Tampa Rays. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays are. 88 and a half is that win total right the over for this is -106 the under is 115 -115 115, okay so right now the Roy, the rays are at 52 wins they are 52 and 42 so we're looking right here Matt, at the number of wins they have to get to so 88 and a half they have to get to 89 to hit this number the challenge here is that they don't have wander franco for an extended period here They've had, you know, another, they got Patino back, but they've lost Shane Boz. So it's kind of, you know, treading water there in terms of rotation. They did just get Brennan Lau back, which is huge. That's another bat that they've been missing sorely in this lineup. So to me, this is about the rest of this division more than anything. Because if you think the Red Sox are going to fall off or are going in the wrong direction, if you think the Orioles are going to come back down to earth after their incredible fun win streak too then I think you like the over on the Rays. The Rays are this team that always finds a way to manage regular season games and win them uh, with less talent than many other teams. So even though the Blue Jays look like they're coming out like gangbusters, even though the Yankees are this juggernaut team, I look at the rest of this division. And I say, okay, can they beat up on the Red Sox and can they beat up enough on the Orioles towards the end of the year to hit this 89? I think this is the over. I think they can hit this. Um you're getting the minus one oh six is actually uh a pretty good number on that it's razor thin but it's also whether or not the rays are going to make a move and i think they will because historically they tend to be active around the trade deadline they're not always this huge big star kind of moves but they do something to help the ball club that makes fiscal sense prospect sense for them where they're not emptying the tank and they've always got a really good farm system so where do you stand on this number i'm on the over on the 88 and a half when it comes to the raise i think at the beginning of the year we liked them at 91. So if I like them there, I think I'm still going to like them at 89. (laughs) Well, this is an important conversation
1: to have at this point in the season because pretty soon I imagine a lot of these numbers will come off of the board for betting houses Mm -hmm. as math, as you mentioned, comes into play. With that said, uh, the Rays, I think, pace to 87 So you mentioned, do they make a deal? So let's talk about them in two ways. We'll talk about them as they are now. I don't think they have enough to surpass this number. You mentioned Patino; He's back and forth between the minors and the majors, and they're trying to figure out their pitching. And, And Tampa plays that style of baseball where you really only need to go four sometimes and maybe even the opener. So it's not as big as a worry as are the missing bats. You mentioned the reinforcements back in. But as they are now, I would say this is an under. Provided they make a move, all they really need to do is to get a player with like a a one-and-a-half war or more, and this pushes them over from the 87. So it's contingent upon a what if. If they do Mm -hmm. get a player or a few players, that makes sense on the field. You know, the whole Moneyball concept, which is still a great movie and still holds up, Uh, I I think that they can hit the over. But as they are now, I think it's an under. Plus, it's a bear of a schedule, dude. Any of those ALEs teams just have a rough go of it the rest of the way.
2: Funny you should mention that because we've got another AL East team here is the Blue Jays. Now, they have the same amount of wins as the Rays have right now. They're both sitting at 52. They're tied in the wild card race. Uh, but the funny part is the rays number is eighty-eight and a half. and a half, the Blue Jays number is 92 and a half. So we're talking about expectations, right? We're talking about what we think a team should be or should have been in the first place. And to me, this is a little bit more tempting to go the other side. You get the over at minus 105, you get the under at minus minus one fifteen. Matt, when I look at this number, I think they're gonna hit 90. But I would go the under for the same reason you just talked about. It is going to be a tough division. They do have to play the Rays and the Yankees. And although they've been beaten up on the Red Sox, you know, the Blue Jays have also shown you inconsistency at times. So although things are really good right now for the Toronto Blue Jays and everyone, everything's coming up roses for them, they can't do any wrong whatsoever. I think realistically the math is not on their side. The 88 and a half that's achievable. You can get to 89, 90 wins. Now you're asking the Blue Jays to get to 93 wins to get the over on this number i like the under and, and you know vegas is kind of telling you that's the way they see it too with the minus 115 but how do you see this number with the blue jays working out i think a playoff team but i think just shy of the 92 and a half which again you got to get that at 93 and i think that's quite a ch- uh, a chore for them right now with the amount of games remaining yeah as they are
1: now, as of this moment, as the words leave my mouth, fly out of my face, I think this is an under as well for the Jays. And again, when we talk about strength of schedule. We talked about the Rays. We're talking about the Jays. We're going to talk about another ALEs team. These three teams that we're about to talk about are in the top 10 with the hardest strength of schedule the rest of the way. It is going to be a dogfight, so I'm not putting any money on anything at all when it comes to the over here. I do hear you that you have to get to that 93rd game. Look, they could rattle off a streak, anyone can. It's baseball, but I'm taking the under on the Jays at 92 and a half from the consensus line.
2: Yeah, the, the under feels right. And it's not that I'm taking a shot at the Blue Jays here. Uh, Blue Jays are one of these teams I think had to come out of the gate hot and and I think is going to have a better second half because they haven't played up to their ability much like the Chicago White Sox, which by the way, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but Lance Lynn had a good start for the White Sox. Isn't that crazy? Did we have a whole segment about that last week about buying low on Lance Lynn? Because there's a good chance the old guy takes a little break, figures it out and comes back and the White Sox start to with the White Sox. I, I feel like there was a show that talked about that, but I can't remember what it was, uh, but let's talk about the last team here to discuss, because I think we know where the Yankees are. I think you have a good idea where the Orioles are but the last one here is the Red Sox in the east so yes these are all American League East teams but let's face it this is pretty much what's open here for us to talk about because the Yankees have have run away the Centrals kind of up for grab still and the West is done it's the Astros it's done it's over peace out everybody uh but the Red Sox number is 84 and a half the over is minus 114 the under is minus 110. And going into this season, I think we all felt like the red Sox were kind of a a 500 team. Again, maybe with Chris sale back, maybe they can make a run. Well, they're not going to have Chris sale back now. So to me, this is another one where I like the under, so as great as the beasts of the East have been in this first part of the season, I think you can kind of smell the death on the Boston red Sox. Just a little bit right now. I think the Chris Sale injury took the, and I know I'm going to piss off a lot of red Sox fans. That's fine, but they know it too. It's the effort level. You know, when you, when you get beat the way you get beat down in the game like that, when you lose, you've been holding on and saying, holding on and saying, well, when we get Chris sale back. That's when the run and you get Chris sale back and two starts later, he breaks a finger and he's out for another couple weeks. That to me is the air out of the bubble. And there's a lot of people saying that the Red Sox might be sellers here at this trade deadline, not buyers, not what they're going to sell. Is it going to be a big piece like a Xander Bogarts? I don't know. But what I do know, Matt is 84 and a half. I think that's a tough sell for me. Personally, I'm looking at the Red Sox right now. They're at 48 wins. They're a game over 500. So you tell me they're going to play better than 500 baseball the rest of the season? No, I don't think they are. I think they're 500 at best. So this is an under for me at the minus 110 and probably the most appealing of all three of these to me. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. It's an under for me as well on the Red Sox rest of season for the win total here at 84 and a half. I just don't think that they can get there. I see them maybe getting to 82. Maybe 81, and even you can hear in my voice that that's a maybe. So how can I see myself all the way to the 85th victory? And, and you know, it's just, again, they have, they being the Red Sox, overall second-hardest schedule for the remaining part of the season, first in the American League. Like, they really have to do a lot of special things, and a lot of things have to happen for this team to hit this over. So I'm with you, Joe, on the under
2: not to mention they've had so many problems with the bullpen all year too. And I know Garrett Widlock just came back and my guess is he's going to have to, you know, pick up the reins of a starting pitcher again. And I don't know if that was the best situation for the Red Sox at this juncture and it's tough because you're the Red Sox, you're supposed to be competitive and, and you've held on. But now I think you look at your prospects realistically, and you're thinking more about next year and competing than you are about this year. So it'll be fascinating to see if they do make a big move and, and deal a guy like Alexander Xander Bogarts away. And if they do, What do they get back? And then do they lock up Rafi Devers? He just went on the IL this week too. So, I mean, it's a bad situation right now for the Red Sox. I don't think it's going to get any better. To me, this is the best of the three wagers on the board. Um, When we come back, we're going to have a little, uh, a little time with the truth, which is very important. And vino, very (laughs) tossed in wine. There is truth. That's right. So Matt and I are going to pour a glass. When we come back, I know it's early, but it's noon somewhere, Matt. Come on. When we come back, we're going to talk about some truths, we're gonna have some statements and we're gonna tell you if they're true or false. And we're gonna dive in a little bit deeper to some of these teams. And look, right now, it's wide open. There is a lot of uh, baseball still left to play. And what's fascinating, Matt, and you probably know this better than anybody, you know that once that trade deadline hits August 2nd, we're gonna be turning the page and there's gonna be a whole lot of teams that aren't competing. And some of those better pieces that still remain on some of those teams that were hanging on, when they are moved on from, all of a sudden it becomes very clear Who's good and who's not. We've been back. We're going to talk about the truth. See if you can handle it right here on Diamond
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: All right, welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets. It's a show generally about baseball, but during the break we were talking about Joe's extracurricular activities. By the way, my name's Matt. His name is Joe. Thank you for just joining us here. Joe's heading to the big city tomorrow at Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. to see a very a very uh, wonderful and colorful
2: live event. Are uh, you looking forward to it? Yes. Always, always. Well, you know, we're well rounded at the Pisa Pia house. You know, my daughter, I take him, I took him to the Metropolitan Museum in the fall. We've we've seen Hamilton on Broadway, and we're going to see at the garden. We always go when it's at the garden. We go to house shows, we go to the pay-per-views, we do everything we possibly can. Uh because it's good to be well-rounded, I think, at the end of the day. and uh, you'll have to take it because I think I'm uh, I think I might be in need of a refresh. So why don't you set up this segment while I refresh myself here?
1: Oh, fair enough, Dynamite. All right, this segment is called True or False, and a big tip of the cap to our production team because it is true or is it false that Joe P's Pizzo Pizzo connection will refresh and he will be back with us. It is oh, true. I'm back back up at Sports, Sports Good <laughs> TV. Let us know how you feel about it. And just like that, the door kicks open, and there he is. We kick it off. Okay, so all kidding aside, the segment is called True or False. Basically, I asked Joe a question. He tells me if it's true or false, but mm. he goes deeper. Listen to what he says because you can hear some things that he's going to drop. And when he gets on the stream of consciousness thing, you want to be in on it. He'll say names of players. He'll say things that will happen. These are the things you want to think about in the coming weeks if you're wagering on baseball, if you're in DFS, or maybe you can pull a a, a quick trade in your season-long fantasy before your deadline happens. So, Joe, I'm going to stop talking. Here we go. Do true Mm -hmm. or false. The Blue Jays, (laughs) they're going to figure it
2: out, and they're going to be fine. What fine means Mm -hmm. is for you to define, but true or false? Well, I think fine means they're going to be in the playoffs and I think they will be, Uh, whether or not they hit 93 wins, that's another story, but the schedule is very favorable for them in this next month or so. So here you go. You've got the Red Sox are going to finish up with, which, you know, we've, we already said that they've taken it to the Red Sox all year. They play two games against the Cardinals. Then they have four games against the Tigers. I think we all feel pretty good about them against the Tigers, right? I think those should be some games. We should be investing heavily in, you know, a lot of those players, whether it be in, You know, total base props, whether it be home run props, whether it be uh, overs in some of these games, too, depending on who's pitching. If you get the back end of that Blue Jay rotation, some of those games against the Tigers, maybe get the over there, too. But those are really good. Then they play the Rays, the Twins, then the Orioles twice. So they've got the Orioles twice in August, the Red Sox again, then the angels and Cubs to close things out. Now in between, they do have the Yankees for a spell. They do have the twins who have played good baseball. But I think when you start to see the big picture here, you start to see the schedule starts to open up a little bit for the blue Jays. Maybe Montoya was an issue with them. Maybe some guys didn't get along, whatever it might be at the end of the day, it's a different manager. Maybe it's a different outlook. It certainly seems like they've got the right approach. And most importantly, Jose Barrios has been more good than bad. See, at the end of the day, that's what it's really about. Can you get that third starter right? Because he's been that inconsistent thing all year long. If that guy can just find consistency for a month or two months here to close out the season, then this team is going to get around that 90 win mark quite easily. So I say yes. Matt, what say you? I think this is true.
1: All right, so you say it's true that the Blue Jays will figure it out and make it into Mm. the playoffs. Man, Uh, I'll go with you as well. I do think it's a dogfight, but I do think the Blue Jays are good enough. I think that the AL Central will cannibalize itself and it'll leave the Blue Jays enough room to get in, so fair enough. Okay, next on the true or false docket, Joe, true or false? For the first time since 2018,
2: the Rays are going to miss the playoffs? True or false? (laughs) there's no question mark here at the end of this this was a statement matt added the question mark i just want everybody to know (laughs) the teacher added the punctuation at the end of this Uh, i think this is false i i you know this is the kind of thinking that happens every single year with the rays and every single year the rays beat us over the head with it and i promised i promised our audience i promised myself i promised you we wouldn't do this to ourselves again this year right we would say that no the Rays are a playoff team let's let's bet them early to make the playoffs and then let's not think about it because somehow they always find a way and if the red sox are the team is going to drop off and the orioles do come back to earth even if toronto plays really good i think you look at this and i think you look at where they are they're still first in the standings in the wild card as of today coming out of the you know the 90 something game and they've got a one and a half game lead here in the wild card race so to me I think they do make the playoffs. I think this is false. And I think it's pretty spectacular where you could say, well, you know, they've made the playoffs every year, you know, 2019, 21, 20, and now again in 22. I, I think they will. So, Matt, I'm gonna say this is false. How about you?
1: So, unless there's a monumental free fall for this team, I'm with you. I, I think they're in, I think they've done enough and they're built for this. They're built for the postseason, and you see that now And from a wagering perspective, you have to look at, it's different in the fantasy world. From a wagering perspective, there are teams that know exactly how to win. There are teams that know how to play 162 games, and I hope I'm making sense here. Teams like the Dodgers and the Braves, and I think Mm -hmm. Showalter can bring a little bit of that to the Mets, but we're going to see where they stand as well. So when you think about it, the Rays are built for the the back end of the 162, and then however many it takes to get to to the World Series so it's interesting but again barring some type of spectacular free fall i think they should get in there but it's going to be fun to watch i mentioned the american league central that brings us to our next question true or false the white sox they're going to find a way to win the division true false
2: i'm going to say true this is the spicy one and i think vegas is kind of telling us this too because all of a sudden this number's got very close have you noticed that lately it's a plus 160 you get like plus plus one thirty in spots here for the twins. And I don't have a lot of faith in the twins. And, and you had a lot more faith coming into the season. You've been right this whole time. So, uh, in all, with all due respect, you know, you know, in, in words of Ricky, Bobby, I'm still going to stay with the white Sox. I'm gonna stick with the talent because to me, I think the talent wins out here and I'm looking ahead at their schedule, which is, I think something we should all do. If we are going to wager, uh, on this, they're going to finish out. Uh, this month here with the Colorado Rockies right and then when you start to switch gears they're going to play two series against the Kansas City Royals they're going to play against the Detroit Tigers they're going to continue uh, they're going to play against the Angels by the way also at one point so I think you start to look at uh, this schedule here in August you got Kansas City the Rangers Kansas City the Tigers then you gonna have a stretch uh, against the Astros that's going to be tough okay (laughs) if you if you split that four game series okay Then you're back to Cleveland and then you have the Orioles again, the Diamondbacks and then the Royals again. They have a lot of games remaining against the Royals. So I'm not, I'm not repeating myself. There's three series in August that they're going to play against the Royals. If they do what they're supposed to do and beat the teams they're supposed to beat, then yes, they are going to put pressure on look. They've been terrible and they're still a game over 500. Lucas Giolito starting to pitch. Well, you have Dylan Cease has been good all year. Lance Lynn is that third piece, just like Barrios was to the blue Jays. Same thing here with Lance Lynn. You need that guy who's that third starter to step up and be that guy, because that's the difference between being a 500 team above or 500 team below. And I think that is where we're at right now. It's time for Lance Lynn. It's time for all these bats that have kind of been dormant for the White Sox. It's time for them to step up, play some good baseball, play with some intensity and realize that, you know, a good stretch here could really be fantastic momentum going into the playoffs. This division is very winnable. Vegas is telling you they're close. I'm telling you they're close. What's Matt Stryker telling you? That's the real question. I'm going to say yes, yes to the White Sox. True, true or false, Matt, when it comes to the White Sox, that they are going to uh, win their division.
1: This is a close one, and they are within striking distance. They have a postseason savvy manager at the helm. When you talk about strength of schedule, the White Sox do have the easiest Strength of schedule the rest of the way for all American League teams. And as far as baseball goals, only the St. Louis Cardinals, I believe, have an easier schedule moving forward. Uh, with that said, the talent is there. The pitching should show up. Every, all the places everything are in, All the pieces are in place. Everything is in place for the White Sox to do this. It's a neck-up thing for me, again, and I often say that. Do they have that mentality? Do they have that strength and conviction to be able to do it? I think that's why La was brought in for for situations like this. When it gets hot, when it gets bothered, you'd much rather be playing Kansas City and Detroit as opposed to being hot, bothered, and frustrated against teams like, I don't know, the Astros or the Yankees. So, um, yeah, I think they can find a way to do it. So I'll go with you on this one. True. They'll find a way to win their division. All right, moving on. True or false. Uh, the Phillies are about to have the longest playoff drought in baseball. This is, man, oh
2: man, what, what is going <clears throat> on here? Poor Philly fans. Yeah, you know, I, that was the funny part, too. I was like, the Phillies have the longest drought of a team making the playoffs? I, was like, I, I found that hard to believe, and it's true. <laughs> so, I mean, look... Um, if you look at their schedule and what they've got coming up, uh, they do play the pirates a few times. They have home and home in August with uh, the reds. They play the pirates again. They have the diamondbacks, but they've also got the Mets and the Braves in there as well. So I can play a lot of games in this division in August. And the, and that's the thing. It's like, can you beat the Mets and the Braves? And that's a tough sell for me. Uh, and uh, maybe they can uh, maybe somehow they can, but with Bryce Harper's health, I don't know. To me, I, I think this is probably, um true they are going to miss the playoffs uh I look around the National League right now and I think you know if you look at the wild card standings and you look at where we're at you know it's it are they a better team than St. Louis no I don't think they are um are they a better team than the Padres definitely not the Giants well the I mean I think the team the thing is you know the Mets and the Braves are going to make the playoffs so really there's only two spots right. And unfortunately they're going to to play the Mets and the Braves who are the two, two of the three best teams in the national league. The Padres are probably better than the Phillies. The Cardinals are better than the Phillies and the giants are probably as good and kind of sneaky in that way. I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. I really do because I don't think there's going to be much calculus change. I don't think like you look at the rest of the national league, like, the Marlins are the Marlins they aren't really trading off pieces. They don't have pieces to trade off. I don't think the Rockies are going to have anybody to trade off. I don't think the Diamondbacks, Pittsburgh, like everything's stagnant there. The only team is the Reds and they're already terrible. So it doesn't matter. And maybe the Nationals is the worst team there in the National League. So to me, I think you already know the shape of the National League and a much clearer path in the American League. So to me, I think the Phillies are outside looking in. I think this is actually true. They're going to miss the playoffs. What do you think?
1: Nick Castellanos. That's what I think because uh, it, it, that hole is gaping. There's a Nick castellano sized hole in the hopes and dreams of Phillies fans with regards to the postseason. Please hit, please just hit a little bit. Like that. that's it, everyone else is trying to do their thing. Also, uh, you don't need me to tell you, bolster up the bullpen and go out and get an arm. D- do they have enough to go out and make all these things happen? I don't know, but it's very frustrating to watch when the expectations were so high. And now when you look at the Phillies, it, it's a Schwarber total base play. And maybe if the number is juiced on a home run prop, and other than that, there's nothing fun going on. And you need there to be fun in Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, right. I'm gonna go with you on that one. All right, go ahead, last one. Uh, you wanna ask me, you want me to ask you?
2: No, no, let's let's stay consistent, go ahead. I All like, right. I like when go. you're the uh, host there. <laughs> Somebody has to. Here we go. Joey Zavia,
1: to be a true or false. The Cubs will deal Wilson Contreras and Ian Hop before
2: the deadline. What do you think? Does Contreras become a Met? Does that stir the pot? What do you think, man? Oh, hands oh, up. I certainly could got? use a catcher. That would stir the pot. It would stir my <laughs> pot. If I get Contreras, I'm still happy. Um, I'm going to say true to Contreras. I'm going to say false to Happ. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, I don't think they're going to move Ian Happ. Uh, But Contreras, I do. And I think he could bring back a lot. I think you want to move him if you're the Cubs. This is his peak value. Catchers sometimes don't age all that well. Get what you can continue this rebuild because you're not competing next year or the year after that anyway. So if you could really cash in there and get something for him, then I think you do it. What do you think, Matt?
1: Uh, I think everyone's focusing on names like Castillo and Drury. I think Contreras is going to be the big get in this whole mm-hmm. entire thing. And, and I agree with you. I think Hop has a bit more of some homerism in him. Speaking of homerism, when we come back, we're going to talk about a
0: legendary home run. Or was it? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: All right. Welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets. Matt and Joe closing out what has been a fun hour, actually. It's usually the the next hour on the other side that gets raucous and rowdy. So I'm anticipating a pretty interesting morning the rest of the way, my friend. Uh, Joe, let's talk about what happened on this day in baseball. You got a good one. What do you
2: got? We came out of the break, like the blue Jays. That's how we can see. Even we needed like a little, a couple of days off to reset our brain a little bit, but yes, this is a very special moment for anybody who grew up in the eighties in 1983, the pine tar game happened today at Yankee stadium. That's right. George Brett. It's a, a two run home runoff. Goose Gossage uh, gives the Royals a five, four lead with two outs in the ninth. But the Yankees manager, Billy Martin points out that the pine tar on George Brett's bat was a little too much. They threw him out of the game. George Brett lost his mind in a time where there were no memes, uh, there were no gifs. This would have been the great meme gif of all time of him running out, screaming incensed out of his gourd. Uh, you can see it in your brain if you've seen it. I know as I'm talking about it, Matt. I know you could see it in your brain because you're smiling. This was so amazing. They ended up replaying the game. It went through a whole hoo ha. The Royals ended up winning anyway, but this was fun. This was one of those like great crazy moments of baseball and gamesmanship by Billy Martin.
1: Yeah, an iconic moving image in the mind's eye of baseball fans and pop culture around the world of George Brett storming out of the dugout, big chaw on the side of his mouth. I recall going to a friend's house in Howard Beach, New York, and reenacting it. And I ran, and my hand slid on the hood of a wet car, and I nearly just lost it but you just as a kid you're reenacting it because it was so powerful and monumental uh brett filled with rage and all those things it was really fantastic but but martin and the yankees were right and the umpires made the right call the pine tar was actually too high it was uh, over the
2: length of home plate mm-hmm. there you go well they were ready for it then and billy martin said i one of these days i'm gonna i'm gonna catch him at yep. the right moment on it and he did he waited and he got him at the right moment billy martin one of the great crazy in-game managers of baseball. But uh, certainly Billy Martin uh, <laughs> certainly had his moments as well. We're going to turn the page to hour two in Diamond Bets right here. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.